You know, as we're coming out of dormancy, as it were, out of, uh, out of the pandemic, one of the questions we're starting to ask is, you may recall, and if, if you're here for the first time, we, we, we bought this building two years ago, and um, we have been remodeling for those two years and experienced a significant slowdown in that process through covid and one of the questions that we're asking as we're, as we're coming out is, God, why did you put us here? A friend of mine um, pointed me to a quote from, from a guy named Sam Rayner that says, your church has its address for a reason. Uh, it's not a mistake that God placed us here at 1416 26th Avenue Northeast. Now, we spent 12 years thinking that the future was in Lacey because that's where we were. And God surprised us when he relocated us here. So we're asking the question, and it's a necessary question, God, why, why here? Why have you placed us in Northeast Olympia? And, and so we're starting to look around for indicators of what, what, what our, our ministry here ought to look like. And it and as we ask the question, as we begin to think about the question, one of the things that, that just smacked us right in the face is that there's a ministry that is housed on this campus, that was housed on this campus before we came, is still here, they haven't left, and uh, that ministry is City Gates Ministry. How many of you know about the ministry of City Gates here in Olympia? A lot of you. Significant ministry. And so we're taking as our first clue about what this means to be here, that God wants us to lock arms with City Gates Ministries. And I've invited this morning Phil Prieto, who is the director of City Gates Ministries, uh, to come and to speak to us. And uh, Phil, why don't you come up and join me here on the platform and have a seat. Great to have you here. This is exciting. Yeah, I feel like I'm in Hollywood. <laughs> All these lights. I'm I'm a I'm a a minister, a street minister, so I'm not used to people facing me. Yeah. <laughs> most most everybody on the street is talking to somebody else and cars are blasting, so it's this kind of cool. We could ask them to, <laughs> we could ask them to honk if that would make you yeah, feel yeah. more at home. So tell us about yourself. Well, I got I got saved somewhat in 1990 and got serious about myself, my faith in 95 and God called me into the ministry to to unite the body of Christ and to help people in need. And at that time I didn't know what that meant. Um but and he's still trying to knock me on the back of the head. To figure that one out, but we're we're still working on that. You're you're a member of my tribe, <laughs> the head knockers. Yeah. yeah. So um, you have a family. Tell us about yes. your family. Yes, I have a, a beautiful wife. Uh, we'll celebrate 35 years in September, and yeah, I know every year I ask her if I can have another one. 
So she, uh, she has given us three beautiful children, and I'm now with three grandchildren. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's, been, it's been an awesome journey. Grandchildren is the best part of it. Yes, planning. grandchildren are. I just recently discovered that. Yes. yes. That's great. So tell us how you came to faith in Christ. It, it, was, it was one of those things where I was lost. In fact, um, I was in a place, my, my family life was very difficult. So um, I was on a suicide mission and um, had left the house because of the conditions of the environment, ended up in Hollywood, homeless. And I was, uh, I was wanting to take my life at that time. And, and uh, instead, uh, God restored my life. And a man took me into his house. And, and um, after ODing on uh, drugs, he revived me. And he put a scripture in my pocket. It was, it was an amazing scripture, and, and we all know it, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. And and on the scripture he said, "Choose life," and that that is the scripture that has uh, carried me through for many many years, many years. I'm so so grateful for for this man who who took me into his home that day. That's yeah. Great. So what took place between then, I mean, a lot took place, but between then and when you got involved with City Gates? Well, I, I, I kind of, don't we all trip into our faith? I mean, it's not something that you just find. It's, a friend of mine used to say, we're all stumbling heavenward. Yeah, there, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> and try not to stumble backwards and stumble forward. That and that's that's really um, that's really how how it worked. I mean, we we started the ministry early in '95, and I came underneath a 501c3 of somebody else who ended up taking the ministry. So um, it was just one of those things that this man had other objectives and and. You know, it was it was crazy because we came underneath a 501c3 that he had, and he was he was very wealthy. He was a contractor and and had a three million dollar contract with with Fort Lewis, so the government, and he was cheating on the government, and uh, the government caught him. So one day he's a millionaire, the next day he's not, and in that process, um, Phil. We decided that we are not going to hold uh, the ministry under our 501c3 and uh, all the assets that come underneath the 501c3 are ours. And, and you know, this guy was a Christian guy, right? Do you, yeah. <laughs> so trials and errors in, in your faith, in trusting in the Lord. You know, God takes us through, through these, these areas of life where people come into your life and and some will will teach you and some will hurt you you know and and based on what you do with those consequences and what you do with those experiences i think carry you in the direction that god is is taking you i mean we learned a, a hard lesson but it made us stronger in where we are today i really believe that 
was it your time homeless in Hollywood that prepared you, do you think, for this ministry? It had a lot of significance, Jim, I, I have to say. I, I would have never believed during that season of my life uh, that I'd ever, you know, become um, a faith-based minister in doing what I do. I mean, um, I, at that time, had, had a very distorted view of Jesus Christ because the, the one, my father, who, who uh, claimed to be Christian was the one who was, you know, raping us kids and abusing his wife. And so, so the distortion of that, you know, people talked about Christ, and I, no, not that one. <laughs> the representation of what I knew to be Christ was uh, completely distorted. Wow. But you'd probably agree with me that God never wastes our experiences. No, he doesn't. Good or bad, right? Amen. Yes, yes, he never leaves us or forsakes us, that's for sure. Yeah. So you've shared with me on three separate occasions something that I think is distinctive about City Gates, and you... You're going to share about that in a moment and, and the multifaceted nature of, because it's not City Gates ministry, it's ministries, and mm -hmm. there's a mm -hmm. lot of pieces to what you do. But you've shared that there's one central purpose. And what is that? That is to reach out to help people in need through Christ. Yeah. And that is through prayer. Yeah, through prayer. To, yes. to, to, to invite them into yes. a conversation with God. Yes. Yeah, that's, a, that's a, the, the significance of all our purpose. Yeah. And that, that's all of the spiritual life, isn't it? It's an ongoing yes, it is. dialogue with God. Amen. Right? Amen. Well, I'm going to turn you loose to share about City Gates. It's about time we had you here. And, Thanks, uh, Jim, for not kicking us out. And, uh, <laughs> to share about City Gates and, and why it matters and maybe a little bit about how we can lock arms with you Amen. in this ministry. Looking forward to it, Jim. All right. It's exciting. I, I am honored to be here with you guys today and, and to have this, this opportunity to share. How does this work, Jim? Step on it and lift. Oh, I need to get one of these. <laughs> but it, it, it's, it's an honor to be out, out here and, and sharing with you um, the ministry and how it's evolved in the 26 years that we've been uh, doing ministry. And I, I say we because we is, is you and I. Uh, the ministry is integrated through the united body of Christ and through the community that supports it. Um, and I, I want to make sure uh, Viola, my assistant, is going to be at the, at the table at the end. If you could take our brochure and the information that we have, I'm going to be covering a lot of information today, and it isn't going to be enough for you to just hold on to, so I do have the information at the tables that you can bring to um, at your own time, read through the, the different applications and opportunities that City Gates and Ministries offers. Um, but I'm going to be speaking today, and, and I'm going to be speaking through 2 Kings 
verse 1 through 3. And it's a very significant piece of two parts in the ministry. Number one is the need, and number two is where we find those that will cover the need. And I just want to start there, and in this, I'll, I'll give you demographics of where the ministry is and how that applies to us with the scripture. Is that okay with you guys? Is that working? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we just come to you today, and we just ask, Lord Jesus, that you just descend upon us today with your Holy Spirit, and that you bless this message today for each and every one of us that will take something from it. Father God, let us not leave here without using it. And Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your written word that is, that is the, the, just the, the vessel of everything that we do. We ask, Lord Jesus, that you continue to bless it as we engage in it and prosper. Prosper in that word. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So, so 2 Kings 4.1 starts this way. It says that a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elijah, saying, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elijah said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me. What do you have in, in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. I, I would like to use this passage as a metaphor as we begin. In the days of Elijah and Elijah, in Israel, the prophets of God gathered a group of, of God's workers called the sons of the prophets. And one of these sons of the prophets died, and the creditor was, was harassing the widow for the debt owed by seeing, seeking her to sell her two sons into bond servants to pay the debt. And this was the word from the prophet Elijah to the widow who was so poor and in debt that, that she and her sons were about to be sold into slavery for the money that they owed. And she was desperate. In fact, so desperately in need, she was reaching out. And then Elijah, on the other hand, happened to be on the other hand of her reaching, of her need. He would end up being the answer to her need. And I want to take this story and use it as an application to our own lives and our own needs and our own ministries that we serve. I, I want to use CityGate's ministries as a comparison or the compassionate response of how we serve. Would that be okay? God will always use others to supply our needs. I think we can all agree on one, well, two things. Number one, we all have a need. doesn't matter where you're at in life. There's always going to be a need, isn't there? And number two, we all have the ability or desire to help someone in need. 
Now, these are the characteristics every human being born of God's image have in common. They're attributes to our human design, God's creation. We are the image of God. And this will not come up on the screen, but I'm going to touch on three objectives today. The first is circumstances. God wants to be included in your circumstances. The second Kings 4.1, a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elijah saying, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord and the creditor is coming to take my two sons as slaves. You know, our needs are never unknown to God. One of the lessons from this passage is regardless of who we are or the times in which we live, and the problems that we face, there are no problems bigger than God. Our need will always be met if we apply trust and obey. Because God cares. God cares. Most of the time it's trusting in Him for the things that don't make sense. I remember, I remember my wife and I in a position, we were, we were raising kids and both working, doing ministry on the side, and the ministry was getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and pretty soon we, we, are, we are, are in a position, do we quit the job and continue to grow the ministry, or do we just cut back on the ministry? And, and it, was, it was a difficult choice, because I had a good job. I had my portfolio all set up. You know, the kids had college and all these things were set up. I had toys and, and life was good. And when God called me into the ministry, it, it was, man, okay, we're taking a 75% cut right off the top. Are we ever even going to make it? You know, it was scary to think that, that <laughs> what are we going to do now? And last year, during COVID, I, I looked at my W-2, and, and I'm getting to that age where I'm kind of checking out Social Security stuff. You know, you got to look at it sooner or later. But, um, and I'm looking at my W-2, and, and, and two years, it says zero income. And I'm saying, Val, they messed up here, man. <laughs> you know, it says two years, I don't have any income. That's not true. I've always worked. She says, honey, that, that, those were the two years you went into ministry. We had no income for two years. Wow. And I, I look at that right now, and I, I am so grateful because God saw us through those times. He provisioned those times. My kids all have gone to college, and we still have our house. We still have a car to drive. You know, the, the provision that God provided is, is still connected. And the real issue is not the problem, is what I begin to understand. The issue is, is in our response to the Lord in the face of problems. How we respond and how we, we, we react, this is the key issue. Interesting. Though her appeal was to the Lord, the widow sought help through Elijah. And God usually meets the needs of his people through people. 
I look at where we started 26 years ago. My wife was sending me out with 12 peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, and, and, and I, I, I just did not even want to go. It was totally out of my comfort zone, and, and I would come home complaining, I, I don't even like these people. You know, why are you sending me out here? And it was just, it was, it was a mess for me because it wasn't something that I thought I was called to do. And I think about that today because there was a position where I wanted to just quit because it was so uncomfortable. It was inconvenient. And I think about that today. During COVID, I, I got a friend. He's, he's an analytical guru, guy likes numbers. And he says, Bill, you got to get these numbers right. I said, well, I'm not interested in numbers. He said, yes, you got to get these. And he made all these spreadsheets and stuff and started taking numbers. And, and, and I look at those now. Over 286 no, 2,860 hours have been provided through the volunteers who are serving City Gates Ministries. I, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. Out of 12 peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, you know, and, and where would this have been had I taken the reaction of my, my emotion and said, no. This isn't for me. These hours have benefited over 4,480 people year to date. Last year, City Gates Ministries reached or touched over 26,000 people, most of which have received some sort of commodity through the donations received by you and from our community. It's amazing how the community has come together. Costco and Albertsons, Safeway, Panera, Macy's, community businesses, owners, and their donations. And the City Gates Ministries is, is definitely a commodity-driven ministry. The commodities are, are tools that allow us to disciple and help people in need. The food ministry, which we are so grateful for the storage here, because if we didn't have that space, we wouldn't be able to have fed the so far 190 families that have received over three weeks' supply of food, diapers, detergents, hygiene products to keep them level in their time of need. And during COVID, it was weird because we had to change things. We were on the street every Thursday night, and I'll speak a little bit about that. It's a great place to, to bring kids but we had to shut it down for, well, we were shut down for about 10 weeks as we figured out how to get the basis of the, the, the COVID rules and laws and, and everything else. So it took about 10 weeks. But during that time, there was an influx of food coming in because there were so many businesses that were not receiving the food, the schools, the theaters, the entertainment spots, the restaurants, but the food was still coming in. And rather than let that food go bad, what City Gates Ministries did is we developed a lunch bag ministry that went out at that time five days a week. We're now down to three times a week. But in that period of time, we've delivered over 2,880 bag lunches to people out on the street that are in need. And the development of the relational piece of that 
We have witnessed more salvations from that than we have in the last five years of doing ministry as a whole because we're there all the time and the people are, are engaged. It's a great ministry. Like I said, we got some information out there. These are ministry points that are available to you if God has called you. We do Thanksgiving out here with a church. Uh, um, they were at River Ridge, but uh, the Roots Community Church sponsors our Thanksgiving drive. We send out the full meal deal to families in need. And uh, the only purpose for that is to get the Thanksgiving meals inside the house so we can pray for them. Our furniture ministry has delivered over 962 pieces of furniture, about 1,000 now as of this week, to families in need. We partner with, with uh, Family Support Services, BHR, DSHS, Homes First. We offer them that something that they don't have. They get the grants to be able to house these families that are struggling, and we come underneath them with the commodities that will sustain the families that are moving into these houses. Two, enough. Enough. What you have is enough for God. In 2 Kings 4.2, so Elijah said to her, what shall, we, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. What can I do for you? Or how can I help you? Is a common question Citygate's ministries ask people in need. And yet, our mission is not to enable people by supplying all their needs, but more so to show them if they receive some of the recommendations we share, it will help them. One of those recommendations is prayer. One of the most distinguished characteristics of Citygate's ministries is prayer. Everyone needs prayer. Regardless of what or where they may have come from, <laughs> I, I remember we delivered a, a, well, we were picking up a couch at a lady's house, and over on Meridian, there's some big houses in this little, this little housing development. We were, we were being, being donated this couch, and it sat in this tea room up on the third story, and she was, I, well, why are you giving us this couch? It's never been sat in. She says, well, I'm redoing the floors, and you know, Macy's has got a new couch coming in, and I, I, we take it down, and, and we, we just prayed. Thank you, Lord, for the couch. I appreciate it. Well, you know where it's going, and bless this house. And, and I look up, you know, and she's crying. I said, what, what are you crying for? She says, I lost my husband five years ago, and I've been angry at God, but today you brought God back into my house. And I, I'm thinking, you know what? I, I, I probably wouldn't have prayed because it looked like she had everything. She didn't need prayer. Everyone needs prayer, <laughs> right? It's awesome. It's awesome. Bringing Christ into any acquisition is going to allow God to work a lot better than, than trying to figure out impossible confusion situations. We serve Albertsons. We've been serving Albertsons for over 12 years now. Every November, we're at Albertsons on Lily Road from November to December, seven days a week, 
eight hours a day asking people to put gifts into the basket. And it's a great place to serve. It's a great place to bring kids because the community of this store loves City Gates Ministries. They love City Gates Ministries. And, and, and you know, when I first did Albertsons, the first time I did Albertsons, we were in Albertsons and we had the table set up inside the store and a guy came into the store and he's, he's sheet white and, and I just go, man, it looks like you, you saw a ghost, what's up? He says, I just came from St. Pete's and I've, I've been diagnosed with lung cancer and um, they're giving me maybe six months and I don't know how I'm going to tell my wife of three years and my two-month-old baby. And, and it was at that very moment, you know, God says, pray. But at the same time, it's at that very moment that says, hey, you know, um, I'm in community here. I can't just really pray, can I? You know, that notion, you ever been there? I should, will I? And I said, let's pray. And this man fell to his knees and he raises his hands up to the Lord and he starts crying out for God, not, not quiet, he's, he's crying, Lord, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. This is not what I had in mind. And, and, and now we're both crying. And it was, it was such an emotional peace. And we embraced each other. And I look over, and, and there's the manager, witnessed the whole thing, and I'm thinking, we're done. <laughs> you know, that's it. The manager came up and put his hand on my, my shoulder. He says, Phil, that was the most amazing thing I've ever witnessed in my life. God gives us favor. He puts us in unusual circumstances to see if we have the faith to trust in him and the favor that he gives us. And it's through this that City Gates Ministries has become so powerful. I always say, you know, there's a, there's a difference between Christianity and religion. We are Christian. And based on our Christianity is the favor that God gives us through the ministry. We, we do a, um, in fact, we're going to be doing a back-to-school backpack event. August 12th, downtown. And I'm looking for, so forward to this. I wasn't really going to do this this year. I was intimidated with getting back in the role of things. You know, the, uh, I don't know if, it's, if it was harder to adjust to COVID or if it's, if it's harder getting back to your regular routine. It's, it's a mess right now for me. And, and I, I'm, I'm complaining to my wife again of 34 years. And she says, Phil, you will do the back-to-school backpack event. These kids have not been in school for a year, and they need you. And yeah, she's so right. And we're looking, we're, we're so excited. We, we've got 700 backpacks filled, ready to go. The ladies that collect and sort clothes every Saturday at the ministry, your clothes that don are donated to the ministry instead of Goodwill, come to the ministry to, to feed the trucks that go out every Thursday, and these ladies have been collecting the nicest of the clothes to give to the kids. August 12th, we'll give out over 2,000 pounds of clothes. Kids can just grab bags and fill up. We'll have haircuts and free hot dogs. The 
Olympia Fire Department will be down there. And it, you know, if you can make it down there, if you know families that are in need, please make sure you get one of our, our brochures out here, our flyers, and get the word out. We, we want to really make this a, a successful event. We'll be down on the corner of State and Adams, 6 o'clock, like we are every week, um, to do our, our ministry on the street, okay? It's, a, it's wonderful to come to realize that God is the master of circumstances. And he will meet you and use you in whatever you need and whatever you have. For the widow, Elijah had a simple solution. Activate her faith. Give her direction to do something. My third key word is response. When we make our needs known, out of our response, God responds. 2 Kings 4.3, Then he said, Go borrow vessels from everywhere and all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. I tried out giving God once, man, and it didn't work. He, he piled me up. I had to ask him to slow down because we couldn't give it away as fast as he was bringing it in. And God knows our need before we even ask. In fact, he knows he knows our needs from all eternity. And Elijah put the widow in a position to pay her debt and to maintain herself and her family. This is done by a miracle. But what if she had refused? You know, if she had refused his request to go collect jars, is that kind of unusual? What if she says, that's not my faith? Do you think there would be any jars to fill had she not done her part? We all have a part in God's kingdom, not only in our needs, but Elijah presented a need for her to do something. And that helped the lady complete the miracle. We are never separated from God or in the riches of his grace. All our separations come from God within ourselves. It is our faith that fails, not his promise. He gives more than we can ask. And where there are empty vessels, there is enough God to fill them. I'm a witness to that. City gives out everything it receives. But for everyone that receives, there is something that is requested. Number one, prayer. City Gates Ministries is always asking for prayer. Always. But number two, those that we give to, we always ask, how can you give back? How can you give back? The value of God's grace is not in receiving, but in serving. And if you teach somebody that is bringing in, to a, is, is in a place that is in need, if, if they are in need and don't know how to give, they will always be in need. So we want to transform those into knowing that no matter where you're at, God will lead you and 
offer you the appointment to serve somebody else's need, no matter how destitute you might be. I hate hearing the, those that, that, that say, hey, Phil, I'm, I'm okay, man. Give it to somebody else with a bigger need. <laughs> what? God's going to supply all our needs. Doesn't matter how small or big, right? What you do for yourself is more important than what you receive from somebody else. And what you do for others is the basis of receiving everything you need. Amen? It's good stuff. You know, I, I wasn't going to share this, but I, I'm going to. It's not in my notes. I, I was getting coffee yesterday morning and uh, needed some creamer. So I went out to the refrigerator because Safeway gives us all kinds of free stuff. And I find this Belgian chocolate creamer. And, and I'm, yeah, <laughs> you know. And I go back to my Keurig and get it, and I have a cup of coffee, and I finish my coffee. I say, this is good stuff, man. So I go back to make me another cup of coffee, and, and my Keurig is indicating that I need to put more water in it. So, so I get my water, and I open up the Keurig to pour the water in, and a frog jumps out of my Keurig. How did a frog get in my... And I'm going, Belgian chocolate frog. <laughs> I don't know how long he was in there, <laughs> but I, I did change the filter, <laughs> and I'm just saying that it was the Belgian chocolate that made it taste so good, okay? <laughs> oh, Matthew 25, 40 says, and the king will answer and say to them, assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it for one of the least of these, my brethren... You did it to me. It is from this context God works. God shows up in our inconvenience. One thing to consider, in all those borrowed vessels also had to be empty before they could be filled. And this is important for us to know. There are times we can be so full of ourselves, too strong in ourselves for God to really do the work within us. Sometimes we have to empty ourselves out. Sometimes we've got to be in a position to allow God to fill us up and get away from our pride and our, our, our issues. Charles Spurgeon puts it this way, a full Christ is for the empty sinners and for the empty sinners only. It's not our emptiness but our fullness which can hinder the outgoings of free grace. And that's good. God can work miracles through our weakness if faith is ready to receive his filling. His strength is perfected in our weakness. I'm a testimony of that because I had no idea where I was going or what I was doing. In the beginning, I had the opportunity to talk to every pastor in our community and say, this is what God's telling me. He's saying you want to, he, he wants you to unite with your brothers over here in this church over there. He wants you to unite. How do we do that? How do we do that? And, and, and I, I, I didn't get the answer. It's a difficult, it's a difficult answer to, a, a difficult question to answer. Because sometimes we don't believe in what they believe and 
we can't associate with that and, and you know the complexities of what they do and what we do are different and they, they sprinkle and we dunk and all this other stuff but, 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 but God still calls us to unite he still calls us because he loves all of us and where City Gates Ministries comes in is having the ability to unite we do a foot washing every year we won't be able to do it this year but next year you can be assured we partner with a ministry out of Charlotte Carolina and and they come out with with 500 pairs of shoes and and we go downtown and and all of us unite together to wash the feet of everybody that will receive a pair of shoes in 2019 someone leased out our vacant lot and and so we, you know, we couldn't do our, our food. Well, no, we could. I went to the city and asked them to give me permits to close down a street so we could perform our foot washing. And they asked me, okay, so what are you going to do? I'm going to give away shoes. You're not selling them? I say, nope. I'm going to wash the feet of everyone that receives them. What? <laughs> yep. They gave me the permit. And I tell everybody, I said, God has given us the keys to the city. Now, where else? What other book talks about washing feet? And they closed down the city, thank you, Olympia, so that we could administer the gospel of Jesus Christ. Favor. Favor. And one thing to, to consider, all those borrowed vessels also were empty. And, 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 and if we're empty, God will fill He'll fill us. The widow was destitute. The only thing she had was this oil, which was used for cooking, maybe. Maybe she was saving it for her burial. But there is a principle here which we find related in scriptural, the way that God generally meets our need is to take what we have and to multiply it as we turn our lives over to him and obey the principle of his word. This is true with our talents, with, with our gifts, with our finances, with, with our physical needs. The constant flow of oil from the lampskin or the lampstand portrayed the constant flow of God's power. The emphasis here is God's power. And our trust with his power. The focus in this passage is on the way the Lord takes what we have. He has given us like, for instance, our talents, our gifts, our physical abilities, our finances. He uses these things. And each and every one of us are gifted in a special way. And he provisions and multiplies all of them if we have faith to trust in him and take what we have to multiply it. We need to investigate what we have in all areas of our life. Using those blessings as good stewards of God's grace, however small they may seem, surrender them to the Lord and trust the Lord to bless and provide as he sees fit. Areas to serve. Gosh, there's so many areas to serve. 
For us as individuals, Elijah was a man who had a heart for serving others, whether wealthy or poor. He did not minister to people based on how they might promote him or provide for him. He was only concerned that people might know and experience God's grace and the power in their lives. And that brings a question to us today. How available am I to do the same? 2 Corinthians 12.9 says this, My grace is made sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Like the poor widow, we all have certain needs, spiritual, emotional, physical, but God knows those needs completely and he cares about them personally. We live in a world which is basically opposed to the work of God. But the problem we face is not God's supply of oil or in God's ability to meet the needs through his people. The real problem lies in our faith, in our obedience and submission to react individually and corporately to do the things God has commissioned us to do in the first place. I'd like to close with this. What is the next step? God has blessed this church. He has blessed the refinancing and the structure and made everything new. You have done a tremendous job from when this church was owned by somebody else. But Pastor Jim is right. You have been placed here for a purpose. You've been placed in this community to make a change. And how will that change be? Will be determined on whether you break out of your convenience and step into your inconvenience. I was, I was blessed yesterday to share ministry with uh, a member of your church. We had gotten a call from a lady who's been ill. And she's a hoarder. And because of her sickness, she hadn't cleaned her house in three, four months. And, and she asked if we could go and straighten her place up. And we didn't know what we were going to find or what we were going to get into. We just said, yeah, we'll, we'll go and be available. And when we got there, you, you couldn't even walk into the trailer because of the trash coming out of the trailer. And we spent four or six, four or six hours cleaning her place for her. And it wasn't that we were there to clean her place. God had a different agenda for us there because as we're cleaning the place, we have conversation with how she lives and what she's doing. And she claimed she knew God, but she had stepped away from her faith. And, and so in cleaning the place, we were discussing that and mentoring and discipling. The reason we were there is because she needed Christ back into her life, which by the time we were done, she had rededicated her life. And her house looked beautiful. And it's these things that create purpose in our lives and help those that we're reaching out to. But the question is, for us today, is what will you do? 
How will God step you into an unfamiliar place to minister in helping somebody else's need? It's a good question for us, isn't it? Especially since we've been a little bit, you know, separated from, from that society of helping people in need. There's a huge need now. I thank you for listening and sharing the message with me. And I hope that, that you all stop by the table and, and, and grab, grab some of our brochures. And we'll be here to pray if you need some prayer and help you in every need that you might have. Amen? Amen. Father God, we come to you. We thank you. We ask, Lord Jesus, that in everything that we do, that you would be pleased in the reaction that we come to you with. And Father God, we thank you for the word today. We ask, Lord, that as we go leave today, that we would ask, Lord, that question, what's next? What's next, Lord? We thank you, Father God, for all that you do, for everything that you provision, and all that you provide. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, you guys.